Hi, I'm Rami. And I'm Shannon, and this is Workplace Hugs. Workplace Hugs is a podcast where we talk about interesting things we've read or heard and how it relates to the workplace experience. Our goal here is really simple. We want to help all of us expand our workplace toolkit with a whole lot of empathy without a whole new degree. We're purposefully going to talk about each topic in three different scenarios. First, we'll hit it at the highest level. Then we'll talk about how we've experienced it at the lowest level. And lastly, we'll share some ways that you can actually take this back to your real life workplace experience starting today. So Rami, I think today you've told me that we're going to talk about emotional agility. And in my head, I'm envisioning like a football field and like the ladder course and like, you know, running drills. And I'm just befuddled about how this relates to emotions, though. That's exactly it, actually. When I think about it, I think of that training where you like blind yourself and then you just like are trying to like be agile and not get hit by all the things. (laughs) Or like when Luke does it in Star Wars and he puts on the blindfold and he's like trying to use the force. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it's none of those things. So the book (laughs) is Emotional Agility. It's by Dr. Susan David. It's really about advocating for consistent values as the core of who we are. And if if you guys go back, I don't know, 11, 10 episodes, we talk about finding your why. Yep. Your why is really your core. So this book is really about finding and using that as like a consistent value for who we are. And that the transient points in our lives help us refine them when necessary to evolve. Okay, I'm just finding this a little bit ironic. So wait a second, we can develop emotional agility by being steadfast in our values. Correct. <laughs> Those things like seem a little Contradict. bit opposite to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to but tell me more. I want to see if I can get there a little bit. So the idea is that we can never cling too strongly to one emotion, thought or feeling because what we need to learn is that these, and we need to accept this as well, is that these emotions, thoughts, and feelings are fleeting, right? They are not um, they are not there permanently, and that we have to allow them to move on. And only when we do that can we catalyze and bring about healthy change. Okay. So does she give us like a framework or something to to do this with? Yes. So it's four key concepts, and we're going to go through these pretty in depth, but I'm going to say them right off the, the bat just so you guys can hear all four. So the four are showing up. Okay. Stepping out. Uh-huh. Walking your why. Uh-huh. And then moving on. This is still really making me think about the football field agility courses. <laughs> Show up, step up through the ladders and the hurdles. And then what was the next one? Walking your why. Walk, walking your why, doing that walking 400 meter dash, I guess, maybe 100 meter dash. And the last one? Moving on. Yeah, move on. That's go, your cold, go get, cool down? Yeah, like go get the drink of water. On the you know a, a lot about football? And <laughs> I, I, I never played football, so I don't know. I know these concepts nothing are about football. This is like Shannon, everything you're, that I've... <laughs> you're so sporty. Tell us more about sport, please. Oh I'm the furthest thing from it. Like, I'm just envisioning it yeah anyways it's bringing me back to high school i digress okay so let's talk about the first one yeah so let me take one more step back so the concepts are really emphasizing the the whole 
point of the book, which is emotional agility. Yeah. But the idea is about creating emotional strength mm-hmm. and adaptiveness to change. So emotional agility at its most basic is emotional strength and adaptiveness to change. Yep. And as you work on both of those, you will expand your emotional agility. Okay. And the first step that we take to establish our emotional agility is to show up at football practice. <laughs> feel like the first thing that you and I are going to do is leave the football analogy behind <laughs> since neither of us know anything about football. And let's, we will, we'll go through an example of me that I can talk about because I don't know anything about football. Okay. So showing up, tell us about showing, showing up. up. So this is facing your thoughts and feelings. This is by far the most difficult thing, but it's imperative to facilitate this positive change. So what Dr. David suggests here is being curious about them, accepting both your difficult and your positive thoughts equally in order to see them for what they are. So showing up is facing your thoughts and feelings, whether they are good or bad. It's you acknowledging, it's you showing up and saying, I'm feeling this emotion positive or negative, doesn't matter, but I'm acknowledging and I'm showing up by saying I feel this thing. Yeah, I think about this as presence. Like how do you slow down your your life or your work experience enough to be able to be present to whatever is happening or whatever feelings are emerging within you in the moment? Exactly. Yeah, it's how do you in that moment acknowledge that that's what is going on exactly so like just had a really frustrating conversation with my boss i'm really pissed off by that thing that he just said Mm -hmm. being able to slow down and be present enough in the moment and and like catch that feeling of i'm upset right now exactly and so that is showing up showing up is is facing your thoughts and feelings and acknowledging them the second step is stepping out so this is all about detachment With the detachment being from your inner monologue, from those thoughts, from those feelings, to see that they are just emotions and they are not you. Okay. With the idea that they are not bound to you and are not an essential part of your being and that they are fleeting. Those those emotions, those feelings, that monologue, that thought, it will go away. Mm -hmm. And so you need to, as soon as you've acknowledged and showed up to it, Say, okay, I, I see that thing. Now I'm going to disconnect myself from that thing because it's not who, it doesn't define me. That that emotion, that feeling is not is not who I will be going forward because now I've, I've passed that thing. Um, and if you can detach from them, you will uh, feel far more autonomous over your action and decision because you're not letting that fleeting thing, that emotion dictate how you make your decision. Yeah. Okay. So if we take it back to this angry, I'm angry or upset with my boss example, this process of stepping, it's stepping up or stepping out, showing up, Uh, showing up and then stepping out, showing up first. So I'm showing up was recognizing I'm upset in this moment. Stepping out is being able to separate the upset feeling from like almost who we are or what we're doing in that moment. So if I let the upsetness run the show, I might tell my boss off and say some things that I'd really regret and let my emotion take over. Exactly. And I think for myself, it's really funny before this, I was talking to my wife 
And I was talking about our podcast. And she was like, yeah, when I think about your creative outlets, you only have two. One of them is recording with Shannon. The other one is that you go for runs. And I was like, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Like, those are my two creative outlets is recording with Shannon and then going for runs. And so I think about myself, right? When when I'm out of out of rhythm and I haven't gone for a run in a while, what I do first is beat myself up and say like, oh, like, it's not even worth going for a run. Like, you're just going to it's going to take too much work to get you back into running shape. So, like, don't even don't even think about going for a run. Like, mm. why would you do that? Like how you like you're out of shape, like it's not going to be worth it. Like, don't even do that. And I think the first thing for me is saying, okay, cool. Like, I know that that's how I feel, but I have mm-hmm. to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And then I need to detach myself from that. Otherwise, yes. I get into a cyclical uh, feeling, right? Of, okay, I didn't go for a run, so now I feel bad. Now that I feel bad, I won't go for my next run, and I'm never going to go for a run. So when I think about myself, the showing up is acknowledging that I feel bad about it. And then the stepping out is detaching myself from, well, yeah, that happened, but that was just this time. And I don't have to always feel that way. Like I have to detach myself from that feeling to, to be able to make a better decision and a clear decision, emotionless decision about my next step in my action. Yeah. The word that comes to mind for me a lot is stories. Like we tell ourselves stories, you know? And so as you were walking through that example of, the story that you're telling yourself and thinking about going for a run, that story is not the facts. Like it's not Mm -hmm. things that you can see or hear. It's just a story and you can reinvent a new story or invent a new story that is more supportive to get you to the way that you do want to show up and act in the world. Exactly. And I think acknowledging that that is a story about this point in time, yeah. detaching yourself from it, I think is how you get to this next phase. So the next phase is walking your why. So you need to retain your core values. These are fundamental to who you are. You shouldn't give them up, but use them to dictate your actions. They provide your substance, your identity, your role, and they are your driving force. Mm-hmm. And so once you've acknowledged your emotions, your feelings, you've detached yourself from them, you then say, okay, what what is my core value here? And how would my core values dictate my next step here? Mm. Like, how do I re-anchor myself to that and not not the emotions that I'm feeling in the moment, not yeah. the, the, the frustration and the anger or the or even on the flip side, like the positive feelings? Like, how do I detach myself from those to make sure that I'm refocused on my core values, my why, and using that to actually make my decision. Yeah. Okay. So let's follow this through on the two examples we're tracking with. One with the angry boss, uh, or with you being angry with your boss, and then yours with your your workout run personal example. So on the angry boss, I'm thinking for myself personally, one of my core values, I say it differently, but it's like compassion in a nutshell. I want to be compassionate. And so instead of letting my anger take over in the moment of this boss that I'm upset with, being able to anchor back to my value of compassion and try to think about what might be going on for them that's causing them to have to act in this way so that I can respond more compassionately to what they've just delivered to me that initially made me upset. Exactly. And it's how do you detach yourself Acknowledge and detach yourself quickly from that emotion that you're feeling mm-hmm. so that you can re-anchor back to compassion, which is your core value, and use that as the way to make that next step and the next decision. 
Okay. And then walk walk me through it for you with the running example that we've been following along on. So since I only apparently have two hobbies, <laughs> I need to make sure that if I am frustrated with myself because I didn't go for a run and I have detached myself from that frustration that I didn't go for a run, that I just need to remind myself that like, no matter if it's a big run or a small run, I still feel that same feeling. And so, yeah, I can be frustrated that I didn't get the f- the the longer run that I wanted, but I'm going to get the same feeling from a smaller run. And so refocusing on my core value of like, I just, I personally need to be going for a run at certain frequencies that that is the most important thing to me. Yeah. Or like bigger than that, I hear like that you really value your health and not just in a physical sense, but also in like a mental sense of what that hobby of running does for you. Exactly. And so letting that guide your next step forward of your value of health instead of your like, I'm really going to be self-criticizing in this moment. Yes. And I think the word step is important because rather than walking my why, I run my why. (laughs) We got there, Shannon. We got there. We got the dad jokes, and I love it so much. We call those yokes in my house. If you make a dad joke, it's a yoke. It's like an epic fail. Okay, what's this fourth step? Uh, It's moving on. So it's about making small, deliberate, and purposeful tweaks to your mindset, your motivation, and your habits to align them with your core values. In doing so, she says that you make a significant difference in your life. I mean, she makes it sound so simple in the book. And in my experience coaching like hundreds of people, this is so mother freaking hard to -hmm. begin to act in alignment. I think first to be aware of what your values are and then to begin to act in alignment. Like, oh, yeah, you know, Rami, it's just that simple. It is not that simple. Uh, the The concept is very simple. I think it's very it's it's clear, and that's what I appreciate about it. And yes. you have a lot of experience in working with a lot of people in doing this. I think even thinking about myself and going back to this running concept of okay, I haven't I haven't gone for a run in, in a month, right? Like whatever happened, it happened, and I'm feeling a certain way, really like beaten up about it. I am separating myself from that feeling. Yep. I am re-centering myself on why I do that and why it's a part of my core value. Yep. And I think at that point, knowing that and, and realigning myself with my why, I then say, okay, I can't just make a 180 shift here. I can't just go from not having run to now running at my distance and my pace that I want to be at. Mm-hmm. So I need to start making really small and deliberate changes to how do I just get out and get my body moving, right? To start, maybe it's, maybe it's, I start with walks and then maybe I start with, then I can move on to jogs, but it's, it's, it's being so focused on your why that you start to make really deliberate tweaks and changes to get yourself back on that path that you want to be on. Yeah. And if the why, sometimes I think the why can feel insurmountable, but values can feel really much more practical or tangible. Mm-hmm. So I think being able to articulate, like, what are your core values? And, you know, I'm reminded of a a coaching conversation I had recently with someone where she's, she's thinking about quitting her job soon. And she said, but like, how will I measure my, 
my success? Like, how will I measure myself in this phase where I am, to go back to our last episode, cocooning? I normally measure myself by how much I achieve in a day, by how efficient I am, by how productive I am. And I said, well, I didn't hear efficiency, productivity, or achievement as one of your top five values that you expressed to me earlier. So how can we make sure that we're engaging in reflective practice, the thing that I will say until I'm blue in the face, to make sure that you're making small steps to live in alignment with your values. So I think maybe first like naming what those are, Mm -hmm. like compassion or like freedom is one of my values. I sound like some crazy right winger. I promise I'm not, but you know, just like (laughs) having freedom and flexibility in my schedule is really important to me and making sure that I'm acting in alignment with that each and every day. Yeah. And I think too, when it's big decisions, it's easy to step back in a way and say, okay, what are my values? Are they what I'm really trying to achieve with this thing? Yep. I think of even like smaller things like you're talking about with the boss and being frustrated in the moment. Yep. I think it's how do you in that moment say, okay, I'm getting frustrated. I need to acknowledge that I'm frustrated. I need to detach myself from that frustration because I'm not always frustrated with my boss, right? Like that's just right now. It's this conversation we're having. Detach myself from it. And then think about my my core values, right? It's compassion. How do I now show compassion as opposed to frustration or or whatever emotion I'm feeling? How do I go back to my, my core and actually show that thing? Yeah. And how do I, in those micro moments show emotional agility emotional agility being your your emotional strength and your adaptivity to change yeah yeah i think about to our conversation on emotional intelligence a while back i think that was back in season one and emotional intelligence being defined as your ability to respond what do they say uh judiciously and empathetically to Mm -hmm. whatever is thrown your way So in that sense, I view it as emotional agility, like you're able to be adaptable in choosing your response, instead of it overcoming you to the point where you're not able to choose how you're going to respond. Yeah, it's like, how do you, how do you have more control over your action and decision? And don't let your emotions control them. And at that point, you're showing emotional agility, right? Because it's not your emotions that are dictating it. Like you are acknowledging them, but you're saying, yeah, I'm frustrated, but frustration is not how I'm going to respond to you because I know I'm frustrated and I don't want to allow that. And I think that's something that we will work on forever. But, (laughs) but I think about like, I think about interactions with my, my partner. And I think about, interactions with my coworkers. I think about interactions with my family, right? Like there are people who will get you very quickly emotional. And I think it's acknowledging that before you get into that situation and thinking about how can I be emotionally agile as I get into those situations that I know heighten me and how do I detach myself in that moment so that I'm not, I'm not reacting or, or making decisions based off of my emotion, but based off of my my core value, right? My core value being like empathy. Like how do I continue to show empathy even when I know that this person is going to make me frustrated and I don't want to reward their ability to get under my skin with, with letting me react in the way that they are choosing. 
Yeah, I liked what you said there, too, of like, this is going to be a lifelong skill that we're trying to build, right? It's not like a level that you achieve of like, look no. at me, I'm emotionally agile. And now I have this, it's not like some certification. You, I mean, I'm sure it is a certification you could get, but it's something that you really have to practice every mm-hmm. day and recognize that it's going to be there for the rest of your life to practice. I think about my own journey in emotional agility. And like when we worked at target together, they had like the leadership expectations or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, my weak spot was always resilient and adaptable. I was not that resilient or adaptable at Target. Uh, and I've come a long way since then. And also, in this conversation, reflecting with you on emotional agility, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I did kind of lose my lose my crap on my mom the other day. <laughs> Maybe I still have a ways to go. So let's all be human with ourselves in our quest to practice this framework that she offers and recognize, like, it's... It's never going to end. It's always going to be part of your journey. No, it'll always be a part of it. And I think, too, the hardest, the hardest, most challenging emotional points of your life are going to be the ones where you don't have the ability to prepare for it. Right. Mm. I think about times where you meet with a where you meet with a direct report and they go, hey, I'm giving you my two weeks notice. Oh, and and you go, whoa, like that just hit me out of nowhere. Right. Like you you can't prior to that prepare yourself for it all you can do is take the time in that moment to say okay i need to process this i need to think about this but if at my core i want to be empathic it's okay i need some time to think about this but going like let's talk about what those next steps are Mm -hmm. and let's 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 be very level-headed in that decision rather than emotional yeah it reminds me that sometimes with clients, one of the first things that we'll have to do is like a quote homework assignment or practice is incorporate what I call the pause, like have more moments of pause in your life. And a pause doesn't have to be a 30 minute journaling practice. A pause can be literally the five seconds after your employee says this bomb drop of I'm giving my two weeks notice of giving yourself that moment of pause you don't have to immediately respond. You can take a moment to take a breath and then be more in your conscious mind of choosing how you are going to respond versus letting it choose you. Exactly. And I think it's how do we, in those moments where we feel our emotions get really high, start to detach or acknowledge and detach. And I think that's the that for me is the takeaway here is how do you when you feel your emotions getting high, acknowledge, detach, and pause, and try and be as level-headed and as centered on your values and your why in making that decision. Okay. So is that our takeaway of like how they can bring it back to the workplace experience? That and two other pieces, which is the quote she says in this book a lot, and this book is about change, and it's about managing your emotions through those. So the thing that she says is courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is fear walking. Oh, I like that. I've heard a lot of quotes about like absence of fear. Fear is blah, blah. I like that. Because she's not, she's not saying that like courageous people are fearless. She's saying that courageous people acknowledge that they have fear and they take it 
with them because they know that they can't just they can't just be fearless right like they have to acknowledge that they're they have fear and that their courage is a strength to to walk with that and still do the thing that makes them terrified Mm, i like that that's one piece the second piece is in using the same words what if we looked at change as not a terrifying experience but rather as a time to practice our own emotional agility yes <laughs> i completely agree i should have i should have questioned more at the end of that no that's perfect uh yes i completely agree and here's this beautiful thing that literally the entire world is walking through right now and it's called a global pandemic i'm pretty (laughs) sure it'll still be going on when this episode releases and how so we all have an opportunity like you don't need to brainstorm here where can i practice emotional agility we've all got the opportunity right now as we are preparing to continue to drastically adapt our lives to the ever-changing realities of our world as you're preparing to maybe homeschool your kids this fall as while also working full-time as you're preparing to think about how you're going to move through certain work projects in a remote environment that you didn't have to previously it's a beautiful opportunity to practice that emotional agility that's all i got shannon all right We'd love for you to connect with us on Instagram and share with us, if you're willing to be vulnerable, how you're practicing emotional agility or maybe where you need to practice emotional agility the most. Yes. For me, I guess it's with my mom. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I mean. Like, I think it could be anywhere, right? Like, I just think about the places where you feel heightened emotions and how do you take, how do you acknowledge, how do you detach and then how do you move forward with your values in that situation oh yeah and we all we all we have all. the co-worker or the yes. boss or whatever the that peer. just gets under us mm-hmm. how human of us to have that all right so share that experience with us on instagram if you feel comfortable and with that i've been shannon i've been rami and this has been workplace Facts. 